I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. This is Malachi Jones, and you're listening to AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Ben Fraternale. And John Stark. What's up? Hold on, John. I, hold on. I got a call coming in. Hold on a Can second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hold, oh, okay. hold on. Hold okay. On. Happy birthday to you. Hey, who who ended? I I know Stevie won. <laughs> That's a historic duet. I hope you guys know that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Thanks, guys. <laughs> coming out. I was laughing so hard I had to mute the mute the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I did never thought that we could get both Ben and Stevie Wonder to sing "Happy Birthday" the exact. I same swear, time. I did never thought oh, possible. <laughs> I don't know. Oh gosh! Thanks, dudes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hope it's been a blast so far. You got to record the podcast today. That's very exciting. I've, I've done many a birthday show, so. <laughs> nah, I was excited to. to. Yeah, yeah I, I told you, Ben. I was excited to. So. Yeah. And last year, what's your, I was. On, uh, what's your I was sign, John? What's your sign? Um, you red light, like, uh, green light. <laughs> your, what? Uh, <laughs> your astrological sign. Uh, I fall like a day after Gemini starts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Day one Gemini, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I can almost touch. I can. You guys are what you guys are Tauruses, right? Yeah, we're bulls. We're bulls, baby. All right. That's right. What's your sign? Uh, Lane ends in quarter mile. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Timmy. (laughs) Spoken like a true Taurus, baby. Let's go. Uh, We had, guys, one hell of a weekend. All three of us. You know, besides being together for the week, it it was just a total blast being able to head to to Columbus. I think it was the first time. Was it the first time for all three of us to go be in Columbus? Yeah, yeah. And just getting there, and and the stuff that we did, and we we wanted, and we made some great people. And it's um, wow. Where where do we start first? I mean. Uh, how was your How was your trip, John? And we know you know we you had had some car issues. Uh, sorry, guys, I actually have a calzone coming. Just keep talking; I'll be right back. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, orders from uh, from uh, this, that's this hilarious. 
Uh, you were saying, John, that you had some car issues, you know, Canadian geese and, and stuff like that, but uh, everything went okay uh, with the, the rental car and, and, and uh, getting to Columbus? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The trip was fine. And I went to school out that way a little bit in Pittsburgh. Okay. So I'm used to driving at least halfway to Columbus. And the rest of the trip was pretty much straightforward. I didn't realize just how straight straight the highways were just up and down hill climbs. Yeah. I posted some stuff on my Instagram stories and I, I know lots of people looked at it. So I, some people got to see like what it, what it looks like out there on the roads. And, uh, it was a good time. We, I don't know. I think I got in on Saturday around two, two thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we got on with the day and Tim, I know you, you, um, flew in and you had a real early day it was brutal i don't think i've ever been an up and back like that you know except for my trips to albany where it's it's really doable by car but uh yeah it started really early for me we're talking like i was up at 3 a.m on saturday morning and uh out to the airport by 4 30 um yeah flying into flying in and around because uh you know as as people have been watching the news stuff like that you know there's been some really bad uh some bad weather uh in the you know midwest and central part of the u.s and so we we you know the air pilot kept on coming i'm saying we're okay we're, we're going around the the storm so instead of coming in east we're going in we're going north to go south type of thing so but it's funny the this the just the difference in location john was that you know i leave montreal it's 50 degrees i get into minneapolis it's 50 degrees but then when i get into columbus it's it's 80 i was like what the hell (laughs) oh i know man it was a real shocker for you and even when i left the east coast near dc it was 67 degrees in the morning and i'm finally getting into columbus and it's 91 yeah wow yeah it was so it's uh, you know, it, it, I don't mind. I said the, the up and back was okay. You know, I left at six o'clock the next morning um, after waking you guys up again uh, with my uh, uh, phone alarm, which just wouldn't shut up. And even I couldn't f- shut the damn thing off. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had on the active noise cancellation headphones yeah. just because I knew your phone was going to do that. <laughs> and it still woke me up. <laughs> I didn't know which, which, you know, which alarm to use because I wanted to make sure I used use the one that would wake me up the easiest. And sure enough, did you guys even hear me leave? Uh, I, Cause I, got, I don't know. I would say I got into the shower and then I left. Um, yeah, I. I knew you were up and moving around and whatnot. I think I think Ben's about to be back with his calzone. Yeah. Hello. But yeah. So Ben, real quick yeah. to catch you up. Did you hear Tim leave at three in the morning or four in the morning or whatever that was? Oh, oh, you mean the uh, the, <laughs> the blast of the siren that came from his phone that yes. he fumbled around with for two to three additional hours? It just wouldn't shut off. <laughs> Tim, that was horrifying. I, I was just telling John, it's like I didn't know which, you know, I wanted to pick a, a an alarm that would wake me up, just not an alarm that would wake up the dead. So, I mean, I mean was, I, well, Tim, hey, man, I was, I was Tim, dead everyone on the floor in the last 100 years was risen from that experience. <laughs> um, I don't know how far you got. Did you guys talk about how me and Tim watched Rampage on HBO? No, no, we're, no. We're but ta- to, but to throw it back, Ben, tell us about your Friday, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we, we all like, meet, ta- and we all meet at three o'clock yeah, on we're Saturday. About our trip in first. Oh right. Well, yeah. Just like peeled in. I was getting relaxed in the room. I ordered DP dough, 
which is my favorite calzone place, only available near mostly large universities. And um, that is actually why I just left to go get a calzone, because I'm currently on the University of Connecticut's campus, where they have a DPDO. So I enjoyed my calzone. I was sort of uh, filming the Ohio State campus for the intro of the yeah, video. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next day... Timmy Capper comes comes you know rolling in. We 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 plop out on our single twin bed, just getting ready sort of for John later. Um, we watched Rampage. We watched uh, Neighbors Two. <laughs> we we sort of just unwound. What was the third movie. We watched a third movie. Yeah, there was there was we watched oh Fifty First Dates. Yeah, Fifty First Dates. <laughs> and we just oh my gosh, we and just what's funny kicked is back. Ben and I are trying to predict the movie. It's like no no, it's gonna end up crappy. It's like no no, it's gonna be happy ending. It's like no no, she's gonna forget everything still. Yeah, we forgot. Of course, the plot of Fifty First Dates is about you know clinical amnesia. So us forgetting the plot of the movie was a bit ironic, <laughs> isn't that right, boys? Yeah, kind but uh, yeah, we were just sort of binging movies, talking about the AFL. It was really just a an old school boys fest. And then John came in. I don't know how far you guys got, but we ordered room service that we had to eat within ten minutes of receiving it. As we watched the first ten minutes of the Soul Valor game. Uh, rapidly eating hamburgers. Tim got a ch- uh, chicken burger for some reason. We don't know why it yet. A, well, I wasn't <laughs> sure what we were going to have later on that evening. So it's that, uh, yeah, that's true. It could have been meat. Yeah. It could have been that good, good meat. Yeah. So did you talk about how we met Dogman? No, fan no, we hadn't gotten that far. Human. Oh, okay. We were just getting. Yeah, he's human. Um, so. Yeah, from there we headed out to the meet and greet. And by the way, we want to thank everybody for coming out to the meet and greet. We, I'm sure, all of us have a lot of stories. We're going to tell a few of them here before we get to the, um, before we get to the uh, to the recaps of the games. But um, very positive reaction to everything. The amount of people that came out. Um, you know, it, to be fair, guys, it's more than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, I and, there was going to be ones of people. Yeah, I did. But it turns yeah. out there were two. Yeah, there's twos of people, but uh, no, maybe was, even ten. Yeah, but and you know, oh, and even even Commissioner Bo came out, and, and again, thank you, Commissioner, for coming out. It was, it, it was, uh, it was great to see him again. And uh, um, you know, I always did say it's like you know, uh, I, I don't think any of the other commissioners in the past ten years would have done would have come out like that. I, I could be wrong, but uh, in just my opinion, I don't think. I don't no, I think you're pretty right on, Tim. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been talking recently about how it's nice to have this open line of communication with the league that we've we've had before, but it's never really been this friendly. Right, right. You know, we're pretty we're getting pretty close in communication with with a lot of people at the league, and and some of them, you know, we consider dear friends and maybe even brothers and sisters at this point. So, yeah, um, yes. for Bo to come out, yeah, I don't Blood think oath. that would have happened five years ago. Let's just say blood oath, blood oath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, we are, I, I've reached, you know, I've mentioned a few things with it being on social media or whatnot, and a lot of people seem to be open. Maybe we will, wherever the arena bowl is going to be held, we're going to try to set something up again and, uh, um, try this again. And maybe we can get this thing bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, uh, we'd be pretty cool. So, um, tell us what, tell us some of your, your impressions, Ben, on, on who we met and, uh. If you have a, a particular story that you want to tell before you guys, because you guys left uh, about right. about forty five minutes before I did, and Dave Carlson, um, uh, the, right before before Dave ordered a hot soup and it was like a hundred degrees outside, yeah, and decided not to. No, he actually didn't. He got wings. Oh, he didn't. Oh no, my no, gosh, he, he finally we left. he finally came to his senses and even told the the waitress that he says, "Yeah, uh, I've changed my mind." So, wow, and that was probably the best choice he made all day. Yeah, what was um, it? What was it? It was 
beer. It was like beer, beer and cheese soup. Yeah, beer, yeah, cheese, beer soup. cheese soup. Beer, Who would do it? Who would do that? Who would do that? I guess Dave. that's my good, bad, and the ugly. But you know what's week. funny is he orders that, and the waitress goes, "Are you sure?" Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, so Ben, give me, give us a, give us one of your your uh, your stories from from the meet and greet. Well, I mentioned Dogman already, and not to to belabor the point, but. First of all, he was human, not a dog. Mm-hmm. That was great. No tail. Second yeah. of all, no tail. It was very weird to meet him, I think, because back in the day, not weird, it was good. Um, you know, I grew up with this league. I probably started seeing his username on, on Arena Fan and the Arena Football message boards when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. So, you know, and I've seen pictures of him. And, you know, we've been, we've been talking online sort of for like, I don't know how many years ago that was, like 15 plus years. So, to actually finally meet this guy was crazy. He's sort of one of the most, to me, the most like le- one of the most legendary AFL fans. Um, he's one of those fans that everybody knows, and um, that was awesome. It was also great to meet people who actually don't even go on the message boards. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, people were like checking out the Arena Fan crew that don't even go on the boards or anything, or weren't even aware there were message boards. Um, so that was cool, and I just felt like it was an overall very warm reception. And that's not, you know talking about the weather because it was baking hot yeah, it was ba- it could have been worse but uh john do you have a story well i don't have a story so much as i thought it was pretty awesome to meet dog man at the meet and greet and also tof Kopchak came yep. out yeah absolutely shout out yes as well as uh wasn't it a couple of guys from afl fan zone um were there as well I'm i believe so bad with names i will admit it's there were yes a few that did show up and guys we apologize it's <laughs> it's i i had to i was re, i wanted for my story which I'll, I'll mention a minute i had to reach out to uh to the to the people that i that i met up with and uh, that i talked with and uh I, it's like please i totally forget your your names and i apologize but what are they i want to mention you and <laughs> type of thing but so. what are they yeah, uh, it might have been uh, Kyle Martin from Inside the Arena. He was there. Okay, Casey. From what I understand, oh, Casey. Casey, yeah, Casey too. Yeah, yeah Casey, Casey was great. Yeah. Was there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Casey was Casey. awesome. Yep. Yes, as well. And then a uh, part of the time I was fidgeting with my camera. I had to reset some settings before. You had like ten fidget spinners. You were just simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> it was magic. It was amazing. But I, uh, I had to set the camera up a little bit before Ben and I trotted off into the arena okay yeah uh for me i guess i don't think you guys were there for it but um uh this woman comes up to me and you know her daughter and her husband her husband is a is a big fan also i don't think it's big as as as, from what i'm understanding he's a big fan but i don't know what level when it comes to dog man and him where they are yeah dog man's a 10 where does he go on that scale yeah i don't know where he go on that scale but what's funny is and it was so cute is that um uh, uh, Heather uh, Brocklehurst, that, that's her name. Um, her husband, Brian, and her daughter, Haley, uh, came up, and, and uh, Heather, Heather said to her, uh, do you want to ask something? And she, she's, you know, she's looking at me, and her, her, uh, her daughter, seven-year-old daughter, Haley, she goes, um, do you think you guys will, will make uh, patches of your logo, because I really would like to put one on my Girl Scout sash. And, that's and, and, insane. Also, the way you said it, yeah. but all of it was that's like the cutest thing I've ever heard. It is. That's it, it, pretty and, nice. And, and yeah. It was so, and I was I was taken aback. I thought it was an amazing idea. 
Um, it is. And I told her this too. And we were joking, you know, Dave and I were joking around saying, well, if you live, well, if you can ask me and you can bear listening to us on the podcast for five minutes, um, then I'll, yeah, I'll be more than happy to look into it. Um, <laughs> trying to, you know, because I'm trying to, trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be funny to a seven year old if, if right. that's possible. You know, I mean, my, my, you know, my nephew's, he's, he's currently seven, but it's different with, with, you know, with boys and girls. So, um, it, it was just so cute. It, it really, I mean, to, to, to see, you know, from, you know, Heather and, uh, and Haley and, um, uh, you know, her husband, Brian, it's just to get that type type of reaction. She may not have not known who we were. Maybe she was told by her, 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 her mom about, uh, what we do. And, and, uh, it, it was just so cute. It meant so much. And with, and this was a promise I made and it's something I actually did the first thing after, um, I had a chance to, after I, you know, got up from my, uh, uh, from my slumber when I came back here uh, <laughs> Sunday, um, I actually looked online. So I can actually say, uh, Heather, if you can let your daughter know if she if she isn't listening, that I am actually actively looking in to see what it would cost to get patches done of the Arena Fan logo, the OG Arena Fan logo. Let's go. So she can put it onto her sa- uh, her Girl Scout sash. Amazing. That's so cool. I, I love that. I, I love that. Uh, as I said, it was just the, the, the question just took me aback. I didn't expect, you know, that type of question. And it was just, it was so cute. And it was, it, I think it's one of the things that I'll take away the most from, yeah, from, from sure. the meet and greet. You know, besides every, you know, meeting everybody, it was just, it was just so cute. And it just, again, it meant so much. So, um, uh, again, I, I'm glad I met all you guys, everybody that we met. Uh, yeah. we, we hope to do it again. Um, and then from there, um, what was, uh, and w- this leads into, we might as well go ahead and lead into the, uh, talk for the, for the recaps this week, but, uh, walking into the nationwide arena, and I understand this game was the, this, you know, uh, uh, the later slate of the game, uh, the week, but what, what were your, what were your initial thoughts of, of nationwide guys? I, uh, really, really liked the stadium. I thought it's a fantastic venue for arena football. Um, I obviously hadn't been there when the original Destroyers were there, so it was very cool to actually see it finally as a former rival of the Dragons. Um, it was uh, just a very premier experience. I think when we talk about you know what each team's production is like yeah. in terms of how they put on a game, um, to me the Valor are pretty much at the top of the list in terms of feeling like an A-league or like a major league. Okay. Uh, just they treat it like the Wizards, for example. I mean, maybe not exactly like the Wizards, but it feels like a high production value experience. Right. Um, but there is validity to like what the sorry, this is a total ramble, but th- there is validity to like what the Soul do, which it, it makes it feel more homegrown, and you know, it maybe doesn't feel like a Seventy Sixers game, but you know, there's there's a charm to it. Right. Um, and so I thought Columbus fell. Uh, toward the valor side of it where it felt very professional the destroyers branding was everywhere it was. everywhere yeah it was so cool to see their logo just plastered on everything uh yeah. you know the team store was good um that's one place that like, i didn't make it to yeah. this team store i didn't make it to the how, it was how, good how, how maybe was a little the, overpriced but okay but how was the uh, the amount of swag that they were in the types of swag that they were selling there was there was bumper stickers there were keychains there were Many different types and of T-shirts, which I think was actually not what I was expecting. Um, hats, just sort of everything you'd expect. Pennants. Pennant was obviously the giveaway. I like that they're doing a giveaway for the next game, too, with the sunglasses. Um, it, 
it just seems like they've engineered this experience to be very professional um, in a way that sometimes you don't get in the AFL. Right. And I'm not really sure who's responsible for that. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank them because I think they've done a great job. I'm not sure who really is in charge of the Destroyers game day experience. Um, but I uh, commend you because I think it was fantastic. And uh, from front to back, just from a shooting perspective, it was an awesome experience from that side as well. The stadium was very open. Uh, everything's open air. Uh, which uh, some AFL stadiums are not, where literally the concourse directly can look over to the field. So, you know, I was just running around the concourse, basically, and going down into the stands. It was, it was very cool. It was, it's a great well, arena. I'm I think what we can do is, we get, at least we can mention, since we don't know who it is, we can still make a mention uh, and a shout-out to Rich Whitmire, who is... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, who, who is the uh, the COO of the Columbus Destroyers. So um, I'm sure if he had, he had some sort of a hand in, in the pregame presentation and and... The atmosphere and you know kudos. Yeah. I mean, the, the the arena reminded me quite a bit of Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is one of those arenas where um, it's hard it's hard as hell to get to the press box because um, you have to basically go you know going from the bowels up to the main concourse, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the staff was just amazing. I, I really loved what I was what I was able to see, and um, it's it, it's a great arena. It really is a nice arena. Press row is perfect. Um, my only gripe with pre- press row is that it's not centered to the ice, and I was like, "Why?" I, I, maybe I couldn't. I don't know if they were if they were boxes or oh, oh there were TV boxes farther mm. down for radio and stuff right. like that. So I think that's. But still, I, I had fun. I, I really had. A, a also lot of fun. worth mentioning, Tim, yeah. is the where we where the bar was located, and the the entire area around the stadium was yeah. very cool. It was very like sporty and. Mm-hmm very brick and and everything felt kind of contained the arena district i think it's called yes um was very cool and it's such a great place to go to a game john and i walked around a little bit and uh i thought it was just a nice atmosphere overall outside and inside i do too john what about you so i think it was premier in the sense of yes the arena district was amazing even maybe nicer than what is in albany and at capital one arena yeah, where I the I mean the sidewalks are beautiful, the streets yeah, are very nice, yeah, everything is clean, there's yeah. bars all everywhere, yeah. restaurants inside the arena was amazing. The concourse was expansive. Ben, you were saying it was super easy to get around. It was. We were able to access all the working areas for what we need to do with very little confusion. The, the, everything was clearly marked. And the staff uh, was really nice. Oh, no the one staff gave us any was, trouble. Yeah. No, the staff was amazing. Speaking on Rich Whitmire, I identified him but never got to speak with him because he was very busy with the rest of the staff. Uh, he was a very tall gentleman in yeah. the uh, the like beige gray suit. And the production, I think, had a lot to do with the monumental sports, uh, Ben, like you're saying, it's airing on the side of the mm-hmm, Valor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff Bowler from Monumental was there for Game Ops, as well as, I believe, Caitlin Henry. And they do things in D.C., too. And a few other people that I recognize from from working at games and going to games in D.C. So I, I was very pleased with the experience. And from a photography standpoint, I, I know I enjoyed it. And it was very unique in the access that... Uh, to change corners for us for taking photos and videos. I I think overall the, the game was a great experience too. 
Yeah, it, and it's funny. It, it's still, even though we're there, and we're experiencing it in a certain way. I think we all said we still need to go back and watch the watch rewatch the broadcast if possible. Right, because, right. You know, certain things that we we may not have seen. Um, uh, but I said, you know, the game itself. You had, uh, you know, uh, it was a matchup between the undefeated versus the winless versus the un- unbeaten. Um, Albany comes in, we came in undefeated. Um, and, um, Columbus was just trying to, to put on a good show, hopefully get the win. Uh, by the way, premium crowd, you know, a plus 7,035 was the announced attendance. Um, I know, uh, like, uh, for Frank, who, who is the, is the host of, uh, of battle stations pod. Uh, I know he, he has seats are in the upper deck, but they're actually moved down for the first week, at least for the first game. We'll see how it goes th- this coming week. But give him front row seats. Yeah, do something. Do something. Do but, something. Um, but Albany uh, came away with the win at fifty six to forty. Um, it, again, it, it just seemed that Columbus had had the chance, uh, and it just really didn't start off very well. Especially when you have the ball uh, to kick off the game and you f- almost basically fumble it into your end zone. <laughs> um, oh, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah but um, but overall, I mean, Tommy Grady, um, not the same stats really as last week, but still 22 of 32, 337 and one. Leading receiver Malachi Jones, uh, or, or as the PA director, uh, PA announcer was saying, Maliki Jones. Um, the, 10 receptions, 179 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Quentin Sims had two. He finally gets on the board. Demetrius Stevens and Colin Taylor he also walked away with a, a touchdown each. And Michael Benson rounded out the scoring uh, with a, a rushing touchdown. For Columbus, Grant Russell, 22 of 31, 281, 4-2. Uh, Fabian Guerra. Uh, (laughs) 13 receptions, 202 yards, four touchdowns, also had a touchdown rushing, also had his, I think it's his second in a row, his second kickoff return for a touchdown in a row uh, in his, wow, in his fourth game as a Columbus Destroyer, he already sets, breaks and sets two team records, Fabian with his 202 yards, Set a team record for most receiving yards in a in a uh, in a game, and his six touchdowns was a team record for most touchdowns by a non QB. Um, guys, what what can you say about this uh, this guy Guerra? I mean, it's uh, you know we heard a little bit of the press game, uh, the post game conference, the press conference, very humble. Um, what's your what what's your what was your thought on this game and and, and how it was played out? Uh, generally, I uh, it was kind of heartbreaking to see Columbus and Guerra really specifically put up such a fight. And I think um, you know at the end of the game, for two seconds, he just like kneeled down on the field in despair because, as a player, when you put that much on the line yeah. and your boys can't pick it up for you, that's really heartbreaking. I mean, he did literally everything humanly imaginable to win this game for his team. And uh, some of that is on Grant Russell. I-, I think he, again, shows really promising signs. Um, I don't. I hope this isn't a pattern. I hope he really is learning because he obviously has a skill set that can succeed in this league, but the interceptions are throwing across the field. They were telegraphed. Um, is is absurd. Mean. Yeah, it was just like really, really, really poor decisions. And um, 
And the, the fumbles at the line of scrimmage are absolutely inexcusable. John and I were talking about, it's like, it's not like receiving a snap is a new thing to you when you join the AFL. It's the exact same yeah. mechanics as when you're in the outdoor game. So, And it's a constant I don't thing. Understand. It, happened, it had yeah. happened with Danny Southwick. It's now happening with him. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I actually did happen with Southwick. So maybe it's a offensive line issue. But uh, I sort of thought Russell was having problems. I mean, that safety to start the game was so depressing right after a fourth down stop. Um, Columbus's defense. Almost uh, safety. Almost safety. Right. Almost safety. Um, I was just generally impressed with Columbus. And just ultimately that makes it all the more disappointing when they can't sort of put it together in the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did you think, John? I thought it was a very exciting game. I think the start to it was a little disappointing to lose that possession and start down already. Um, I think that had Russell not thrown those two interceptions, uh, which I agree with you, they're very obvious bad calls on on his part. Watching the game, I could I could see the coverage being blown and and the pass being thrown into a disaster. I think that his actual stat line compared to Tommy Grady's in terms of attempts and completions is very similar. By just by uh, yeah, just by one attempt. Yeah. So it's not necessarily all on him. I mean, there's definite things like the the fumbled snaps that are playing a part. But Fabian Guerra had an amazing, phenomenal game. I I can't even believe the game that he had and that we yeah. were there to, to there to witness it. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's it's very rare. I heard uh, I think uh, someone said that he had told his parents he was going to score at least four touchdowns on his birthday. It was like his birthday too. Yeah. yeah. He said it on the broadcast actually. I, I did rewatch it for yeah. the uh, to make the film and he his sideline interview after his second touchdown, he said his parents said he had to score four. And so he wasn't done yet, which is like, come on, that's insane. That's I know. That's amazing. So good. So he was the focal point of the offense, uh, obviously, and they were they were very banged up at receiver this this week too. Yeah, this I, last week, I was about to say you're talking about how he was the the main guy. He can probably be the main guy going forward too, considering Paul Revis was uh, placed on IR, and it's it's it, it just seems to be a thing where you one of your 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 receivers. One uh, of your main receivers just just goes down, I, and you know Revis had uh, seven receptions for fifty four yards. So the question is, um, who, who's going to step up? And I guess we'll we'll see next we'll see next week. So yeah, and you would you would think it would be Jensen Stashak, but I you know he was almost a non factor too. Two yeah, receptions for twenty five. Yeah, whether that was like just because Garrett was open so much. Like Stashak's obviously shown he can be at least a number two, maybe a number one. So. I still think they're okay in the AFL if you have those two guys. You're usually all right. But they definitely need, I think, a third receiver to loosen the coverage a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, for the uh, for the first game of the week, we'll switch out to the early game because, uh, man, there was some, some action this week. But um, Oh, by the way, I, I had to bring it up. I have to bring it up because – but we're only going to go to it in a little bit. Uh, Give give us a little uh, before the beginning of this Albany game there and people who may have been watching it there was there was a little um, head to head type of thing where I guess there was a kerfuffle there was a kerfuffle it, 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 as in football it, football there there are kerfuffles and uh, um, it is very possible based on what happened in that game that uh, a certain player may have been placed on the league suspension list we it's not confirmed but it kind of 
kind of that is that is confirmed actually. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, they they tweeted it. Columbus tweeted Kareem Smith is on suspended on suspension. Okay, did not. Okay, had not did not that that was that was. Uh, but it was uh, just real. Just from your point, boys, because I know you guys were there. Um, is I guess interesting is the best word to say, right? Yeah, there was heat. You know, I don't think anyone would really want us to go into exact detail no, about what no. we saw, but but it was uh, it makes sense. The news that that he's suspended is and, all. I'll say. And what I found out was very interesting too. While listening to the uh, to the post game uh, audio, uh, is that and I guess something I had forgotten. I was going to go back and check and see when it happened. But Guerra originally he had some. You know, he too technically had had a beef with Albany because he was originally brought in by the Empire last year. And was cut. So I'm almost having Jones and Guerra is insane. I know, I know. Well, I think you know they also had Hills last year too. So it's right. Uh, but uh, the uh, the first game of the day, which was uh, I still have to go back and watch a lot of this. But uh, what an absolutely nut crazy game! Uh, Philadelphia comes into Washington, and at one point, it really did look like that the Philadelphia Soul were going to come back from 15-15 down and to knock off the Washington Valor. Valor said, uh-uh, no you don't. And they knocked off the Soul 53-46 with a touchdown scored with six seconds left. What an absolute... This Look at the score. Look at the look at how this game ended. This was and what we have talked about and many times before. What arena football should be, right, John? Yeah, absolutely. And Ben and I got a chance to watch the final moments of the game while we were inside of Nationwide <laughs> Arena. And all I can say is that that game, from the stat lines, from the score from what we saw before and after Columbus, what a game. That That's arena football. And even the game in Columbus was just high yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I mean, it's uh, this week I think we got slightly over that slump um, in terms of the games just being kind of snoozers, uh, snoozerinos. Yeah. Um, and and I, I feel like we're out of the quote-unquote preseason um, this game, the the amount we were able to watch, because we couldn't resist. I mean, once we heard what was happening, we we were watching the game from the Columbus bench. Oh, <laughs> like, really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was it was hilarious, um, and it was extremely exciting. We were on slight delay as people were texting us what was happening. Um, and I didn't even want to see their texts because I wanted to see it transpire live. Sure. Um, it was I've... really an amazing ending, and and I'll reiterate this again. I am just very happy for the Washington Valor. I, I'm really happy that the season is has started out with promise. They're not, you know, they're beating good teams. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, in the tank like they've started the last two years. They're actually getting off to a good start. Scoring and, and in the third quarter. Scoring in the th- I mean, my God, can you believe this is the world we live in now? They're scoring in the third quarter. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe it. So I'm just expressing my, my happiness because, you know, I am happy for that team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know that in their um, with their post game um, uh, presser that they sent out, they included the last thirty seconds. And you're thinking, it's the, just the last thirty seconds. But then you, you just look at the box score alone, and you're like, "Holy crap!" It, it, it's it didn't it. It's a great way to show how the game ended, but 
if, if anybody has a chance, go back to you know and watch on ESPN three and watch the and watch this game because um, absolutely, absolutely amazing finish. And by the way, uh, for Reese to get open, I mean, there's 26 seconds left, and Reese gets open and burns the Philadelphia defender for a 46 yard touchdown. Are you kidding me? Incredible. That's- it is, and four receivers in this game basically. At least a hundred yards. Yo, oh yeah, each. Yeah, uh, th- almost, very almost. We're going through it right now. So yes. Dan, Dan Radaba, nineteen to twenty-six, two eighty-seven and one. Leading, uh, leading yard getters uh, actually happened to be both Aaron Washa and Darius Prince. They both had one hundred and fifteen yards. Washa had three TDs. Prince had two. Uh, Lottie Outlaw and Keith Newell also had one uh, for the Washington Valor. Arvell Nelson, 23 of 38, 302, 5 and 1. Damien, uh, Desmond Epps, 9 receptions, 113 yards. You know what? No touchdowns. Seems crazy enough. Um, the second you're talking about this, John, uh, John Reese almost had it. He had 4 receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, first game back, uh, Doug McNeil, a TD, and a 2-point convert. Jared Dangerfield had a score. And also, big play, Reggie Gray is on the board twice again. Uh, Arvell Nelson again continues his his is able to use his legs when he needs to. Twenty nine yards rushing on nine attempts, two touchdowns. The guy, I, I have to reiterate again, this is arena football. That's what it should be. It's just what a game, what a game. And I think I'm gonna echo what you say, Ben. It's nice to see that the Valor are are playing uh, playing well and able to show that they can come back. You know, because usually, you know, you, you Philadelphia up. You know what? Let me ask you that. Besides getting, could, is there anything else that that Philly could have done differently besides getting burned to to, <laughs> to stop get it to stop allowing them to, uh, you know, Washington to? Would you have gone for an onside kick? Let me ask you that mm. question. I'm sort of becoming a hater of onside kicks in the league. I, I like mean, we see it. Sec, Twenty six yeah. seconds left. I mean, and we know with the running clock. I mean, I don't remember how many timeouts that they had, but. Um, I, I mean, I would not go with the onside kick. I'm with Ben. I'm becoming a very avid hater of the onside kick. It's not working out very well for the teams executing them. That also is one of the reasons why Columbus went down another possession on, yeah, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's not a good call. Another interesting stat for the twice in, in two weeks. Uh, not necessarily two to one, but Philadelphia only held the ball for 22 minutes. Washington for thir- almost 37, which is mind-boggling. You know, how many points Philadelphia scored, and considering that they're in this game, um, how many? It was, it, just, it was a long pass. That's a long pass. Yeah, Prince, 28 yards. Washington, 35 yards. That's why. There you go. There's why. <laughs> um, 14 yards, yeah. So, um, a- again, I-, I love it. Uh, 6,300 showed up uh, in- at Capital One. Uh, John... For an afternoon game, do you think that's pretty good? I think so. On a weekend when the weather was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last game of the week was the Baltimore Brigade heading into Atlantic City. Gents, uh, we could ha- be having ourselves a uh, uh, the beginning of a new exciting rivalry uh, in a very ho- hotly contested game. Atlantic City knocks off Baltimore 48-41 before 4054 so just less than 2000 less than than their than their than their home opener um it, it's you know hills 
extends his streak to 96 straight games with a uh, receiving touchdown in the regular season. Uh, Shane Boyd was 22 of 33, 236, 4 and 2. Uh, leading receiver was Brandon Collins, 10 receptions, 116 yards, 2 TDs. Hills also had two. Uh, and uh, Roy Nixon had a, had a rushing touchdown. Uh, for Atlantic City, Randy Hipper, 20 of 32, 192, 3 and 2. Uh, Kendrick Ings, Lamarck Brown, Rashad Still also had a receiving touchdown, uh, but Antoine Grant led the team with receiving yards in 54, and Kendrick Ings had 10 uh, receptions. Grant had a receiving, uh, sorry, had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Lamarck Brown also had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, John, what are your what are your thoughts on this game? I think you're right. Uh, there may be a new rivalry on the rise. And yeah, it seemed to be some bad blood near the end of the bad game. blood. Yeah, there's a an injury or two from what we understand as well. And I think that as far as the game itself, though, you know, quarterbacks look good. We saw we saw Shane Boyd. I don't know. Do we want to call this Mr. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde? <laughs> yeah, Jekyll and Hyde again. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems to be it seems to be up and down so far. So, but I'm gonna eat my cookie now while we talk about Jekyll. And <laughs> what type Hyde. of cookie is it? It's a chocolate chip cookie. It came with my calzone. Oh. Once again, DPDO, please sponsor my ass. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. So uh, Brandon Collins steps up when he has to. Mm-hmm. You know he's a very capable receiver, and Joe Hills as well, each with two touchdowns. And by the way, since you mentioned it, you and it has been confirmed, uh, there yeah. was a a major injury for the brigade, wasn't there? Ah, uh, yeah, there was. Uh, oof, what? Brandon Tompkins, mm-hmm. uh, torn ACL. Uh, it hasn't been officially put onto the IR, but it was confirmed today on social media that uh, he is done for the year. But um, luckily, if you, if you look at this thing, uh, Collins and Hills and the others that they have, they are all able to step up. Uh, uh, but uh, this is a terrible loss for the league. Oh, no, oh yeah. I'll, I'll put down my cookie for a second to say that Brandon Tompkins, I think, has consistently been maybe the most exciting player in the league for the last, you know, I don't know, five years. Um, and, and I say that because he's been so consistent with that play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kick returner, as a receiver, he's been sort of the scrappy slot guy that, uh, you know, he's been around this league for so long. I really hope this, this injury doesn't threaten his career, you know, ultimately in the future. It's so sad to see him go down so early. Um, you know, he's been playing what well, he's been, he's been playing for like the last nine years or something now. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a real vet and he's one of the guys and he's someone that I think everyone looks up to. And, uh, so we're, our, our wishes are with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, real quickly, the league did announce the, the, uh, the, the players of the week for week four, uh, defensive, uh, back and Nias Martin was the, uh, uh, Baltimore was the defensive player of the week. And surprise, surprise, wide receiver Fabian Guerra was the offensive player of the week. Um, one thing I wanted to, to ask you guys about, because um, all three of us noticed it, um, is that uh, both of the late games, I have to check the actual time, but both of the late games, uh, they were over, they were close to two hours and 30 minutes. I think they were actually the longest games of the year so far. Uh, what, what's your, what, what's your thought on that? Uh, John, 
Uh, I think that I think it was a little bit longer than that, possibly even. I'd have to we check. Said, the, uh, let me check the actual amounts. But what? what yeah, are your thoughts we, on, on why? Why do you think that just the, the games are going away from what they have for the first? Well, I mean, it's all been consistent for the first basically three weeks that everything is at basically at two fifteen and just over that. So, what what in particular may have changed in order for it to for for the game to be extended as much as it had as it did this past week? I mean, I haven't noticed anything in particular but well, i think part of it might be the the scoring um is slightly higher the higher the scoring is the less, uh, the longer the game will take well yeah um, absolutely so that's possibly part of it um and also we're yeah. getting out of the the slump for right, the, right. the the quote unquote preseason so that could also be part of it in yeah. conjunction with the scoring going up extending the time of the game 233 for Albany Columbus Mm-hmm. Um, for Atlantic City, Baltimore, it was two thirty-five, and for just 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 for checking sake, the uh, Philadelphia Soul Washington Valor game was two twenty. So, so these were roughly the three longest. I of think the those season. are the three longest yes. games of the year. Yeah, I'm curious. Did, did did the Philly Valor game have any serious injuries? Oh, because uh, that would definitely lengthen games. And we had a few injuries. We had, yeah, we had a few injuries this week. So in both, definitely could account yeah, for it. it's true. Actually, I never thought about that. Um, I don't know, uh, but it, it'll be something to watch. Now, uh, to finish up the week, since I didn't, we didn't mention it before, but to finish up the week, and we all got to speak with commissioner. We all got to speak with um, uh, with John Adams, the president. Um, one interesting thing that we did find out is that it is it seems to be almost from what he told us it's almost a guarantee that it will be only two expansion teams for next year. They want to go they want to go forward not back. So uh, those days guys of, you know, two teams in and one team out, uh that's what they're hoping to stop. Um and it sounds like it would be two teams for the foreseeable each year for the foreseeable future, uh which is a huge plus. Um, I'm just curious to know which cities that they'll bring in, but obviously that's that's a topic that we can talk about uh, uh, infinitum over the next couple of weeks. Um, what what else? Um, I, I happened to actually talk to to uh, uh, Commissioner Bo and to John about uh, when it came to scoring and, and stuff like that, and and I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, so I, I apologize, to Commissioner Bo, if I, I get this uh, not completely 100, percent but. He said basically from from you know because it's very analytical on 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 what they check in the league and I think he said even though the scoring is down that I think they're just off I think they said it's just off by one uh, one possession I uh, that really if that's the case I'm I'm sort of confused guys because it's still scoring is is technically down by at the point it was down by 21 points so I don't understand that do you um, buy it do you think they were giving you the company well line, Tim? no no Commissioner Bo has always he's always been honest about how the and the analytics that they use to to base their decisions on if they're going to make rule changes or not um and i was honest with him i said listen i i I said i i actually i I don't want it to occur but i i want if if the league does end up being 21 points uh less points per game at the end of the year um i want to see that so so there can be modifications to the rules and they were joking around saying, well, we're not going to make changes in the middle of the year. And I said, no. I said, no, because you're not the XFL. So that's why we always know that if there are any changes. Did they laugh? Yes, they did, actually. Okay, good. Yeah, because 
I'm they, just trying to paint the picture. Yeah, because they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna make the changes, you know, mid mid season. They'll wait to the end of the year. And um, I think one of the interesting things that, that we both mentioned, Commissioner Bo and myself, was the reduction of the time of the play clock down to 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. They both agreed. Uh, both him and I were basically on the same page. So makes me wonder. Maybe there'll be a slight modification to that. Um, it will, I would imagine, get players going forward quicker. But maybe there just needs to be some overall time, some tweaks, because there's still a lot of complaining about the one-minute rules. A lot of complaining about the one-minute rules, even though we had all the scoring this past week. So, um, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I heard random people complaining about it at the stadium. I mean, that's just like, I felt like it was scripted. I literally overheard conversations oh, really? about the one-minute timing rules. It was so funny. I think it was, it was an old Columbus Destroyers fan. Okay. Uh, having the new rule explained to them, and then both of them expressing their how upset they were. <laughs> well, so, uh, by the way, yeah. you talk about how much time, how, how much extra time this game took. I also noticed being up in the press box. I don't think they were running. I think they may have been running the clock by accident, as per the old timing rule. Because, you mean that they stopped the clock on incompletions? Uh, yes, that type of thing. Interesting. Yeah. I actually mentioned that to to Commissioner Bow. I said, please uh, think about allowing. The, a spike to stop the clock. I said, even if it's in with just in one minute within the fourth quarter, uh, allow them to do that. Or, or, or and know, what do you say? Okay, Timmy. So it, it was well. He, he basically he is. We we will look at everything as it comes. We'll see what the analytics say and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I can't fault that. I can't fault his answer. I can't see anything wrong with his answer. So um, yes, it is tough. It, it's happened many a time. <laughs> Within the arena football league, where whether it be you know, unfortunately, like you know, like Al Lucas and uh, we we've had members of the arena football family pass, um, and this uh, yesterday actually the news broke that a gentleman who was who was considered actually the, the godfather of refereeing in in Grand Rapids, Michigan or Michigan, um, and who was very well known in football just football, uh, passed away. Um, Carl Pagnelli, who was not only a, a longtime referee and official in the Arena Football League, uh, a member of the 2013 Hall of Fame class, in the, uh, Hall of Fame class um, passed away uh, at the age of 82. Um, we do know that he had, been, uh, he had been fighting an illness for a little while. Um, I hadn't talked to him uh, in a little while, I, 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 it's funny. I think I still, have a, as, as much as I keep my stuff in my in my inbox, guys, I still have the last email uh, conversing back with him. It was about a year ago. Um, now, John, I don't know. I know you don't know Carl all that much, but Ben, I know you do. Um, I, I, did you ever get a, a chance to meet Carl? Um, I don't think I ever like shook his hand, which I, I wish I had. I mean, I've obviously I obviously saw him so often in person back in the day, but um, you know he was very instrumental in in shaping what the AFL is. Mm-hmm. You know, from a structural perspective, from an officiating perspective, what the product looks like on the field, and and uh, he'll sorely be missed. And, and I was glad to see today that that everyone sort of acknowledged it. That Commissioner Bo like retweeted Arena Fan. Um, I think it was Arena Fan statement. Yeah, we got we got a and, statement directly from. Yeah, Jeff that Foster. was nice yeah. to see because the league really did need to acknowledge that, and and I'm glad they did. Yeah, uh, but 
hearing that type of stuff um, and how much of an impact he, he was, John, uh, I know you, I said, I know you never met him, but, but from what the stories that you read, hell, Adam Markowitz, you know, our longtime contributor and my former co-host, uh, he actually even came out of retirement to, to pen something. Uh, he was able to speak with a, a couple of the, uh, with Dave Kataya and another one of the, of the referees that, uh, that he worked with. Um, very touching piece. It's over at, uh, uh, over at arenafan.com. Um, John, hearing this type of thing, um, and this leads to, to what happened also this weekend with, um, uh, w- with the meet and greet, um, how how strong do you, after seeing all this uh, over the past weekend, uh, it really does show you how strong the arena football family is, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great community, uh, let alone all the fans, but the players, staff, media, officials, everybody is just a big family. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, I was able to unearth uh, an old interview that I did with Carl back in 2014 for, for AFL Tonight uh, and started this, uh, the, the AFL Tonight time capsule. Um, we're going to just play uh, like the first five minutes of the interview that I had with them. And, and, and when we get back, we'll continue with the show. Referees, fans either love them or hate them. Tonight, we hope to shed some light uh, on the refs of the Arena Football League. On the line, we have Carl Paganelli, who is the AFL Supervisor of Officials. Thanks for joining us, Carl. My pleasure. Thanks for the asking. Um, Carl, for those who don't know, I mean, I, I, I've seen what I, what I had on, you know, what I know that you've been in the league, how long you've been in the league. Uh, I've even checked your, your Wikipedia page, Carl. Um, <laughs> but for those who haven't, what is your history uh, in being a referee in the AFL and abroad? Well, I, you know, I've been around sometimes, I think, maybe too long. I've combined 51 years of uh, college, pro, and, uh, you know, arena football together. I was on the ground floor of arena football and started. I you know, had the Nets framework on a big idol. We tried to play this game and come up, uh, you know, with the rules. But, uh, you know, I started in uh, college, worked uh, Division One, worked uh, Division Two, II, Division Threes, and worked the United States Football League for three years, was in the World League. I was supervisor of it football, the XFL, and plus was 11 years in the Mid-American because they're supervising eight years as a technical advisor for the Big Ten. So that's more or less my background on and off the field. A uh, uh, weird question. Any league that you, or, or conference that you, you've, liked, you've liked better than the other, or are they all had their challenge. They all had their challenges. You know, every league has its challenge. I had more fun in my career. I shouldn't say fun, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed high school football tremendously. Just uh, loved the way the schools, you know, prep for their Friday Saturday games. The student body, the uh, cheerleaders, you know, the, it's just a different brand. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not business, you know. It's uh, it's still the rah rah, you know, win for. You know, win for the school, win for that. Uh, I, I had a great enjoyment. I've had some great high school games uh, where they had full stadiums. Uh, you know, and I love the challenge of the United States Football League because of, uh, you know, some of the players I got to meet. Reggie White was there. Flutie was there. Had the game where Herschel Walker broke the rushing record, you know. So each one has a little bit of different uh, different value to me. Yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to the rest of the interview, it's a, it's a great. Uh, I know, I, I know, John, you were listening to it. I don't know, Ben, if you got to listen to the entire thing, um, but it's uh, it's about about twenty twenty five minutes or so. 
um, you can head over to all of our social media uh, accounts, sorry, all of our, our archive accounts and, and listen to the, the full interview. Um, that'd be uh, uh, not Spotify, but uh, sorry, not, uh, not SoundCloud, but uh, Spotify, uh, the iTunes podcast and Google Play Music. And you, you can listen to it there along with, obviously, uh, with um, uh, all the past shows for, uh, for AFL tonight. Um, SoundCloud will be for, for at least anywhere between the last one to three shows, depending on, on length. Um, but it was, uh, you know, as I said in the social media, guys, that uh, I was lucky enough to not only do the interview. And it's funny how he said at the end of it, I hope to meet you, uh, meet you in person one day. And uh, I can say I was lucky enough to do so. Uh, the guy knew his stuff. He was he was the nicest gentleman uh, in the world, um, and the last time that I, I I met him was uh, right before he was walking into the arena, right before Arena Bowl twenty seven in Cleveland. So um, he he was a really nice guy, and I know the not only will his family miss him, but I know the arena football community will miss him because uh, I was included. Um, Jerry Trice, a uh, long time executive in the league, included me in on it was a a Facebook uh, chat group of of uh, a a who's who of names from across the league and uh, from commissioner uh um the commissioner baker um um jerry kurz a uh, multitude of people and just just talking about uh you know and giving their uh, condolences uh, it was it was interesting it was an it very i did not expect to be included in that group but it was it was very, yeah that's awesome yeah it was very interesting so um well after the uh, yeah, after the uh, the Fabian Guerra thing uh, and how well he did, I know it's going to make this week's edition of uh, the DraftKings, uh, the AFL Tonight DraftKings uh, teams and, and rosters will make it a little more interesting. But um, I, I actually had a claim to fame this week, guys. As you know, uh, I was doing very well. I, I was actually in first place and kicking all of your butts at least through the first game. Uh, and then it all went to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were absolutely wiping the floor with our little white butts. I was, and then I got my butt wiped badly. I mean, it's it it, it was just, it was, just and you needed it too. It, it was just horrible. Um, John, you ended up, <laughs> yeah, John, you ended up doing really well, didn't you? Yeah, man. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I, I. I hurt a lot of feelings out there. Um, <laughs> a lot of butts got wiped. Yeah, wipes. they did. Yes. They did. I, I took first place in, in the uh, oh. AFL Arena Fan oh, League. Oh, I took a pack of Charmin. The whole, the whole 12 rolls. Double ply, baby. Yeah. Our, 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 another free league. Uh, I, I ended up with 242 points Damn, and man. 244 points. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and that was up there. And the, the number one winner for the week on DK this last weekend had 262. And I think that gentleman walked away with $1,000. Wow. And after all that, I, I ended up being I dropped all the way down to a to uh, 11th place at 186. Um, yeah. I just, I was like, uh. You I, I joined me in the bowels of the contest. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, congrats, John. That's that's amazing, dude. That, that's awesome. Yeah, that really is. That, that that's so cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. I mean, we had talked about experimenting with different lineups, and uh, 
I did, and it kind of paid off. Yeah, well, we do. We as we can say, we kind of do listen to the guys over to over to, over the Arena Kings DF, uh, DFS. So, I mean, it's or was it DKS? What is it? DFS uh, down to fuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, no, there's the Arena Kings podcast. Yeah, the Arena Kings podcast. That's what I'm talking. And about. then the DFS Army. Oh, okay, that's, that's what my it is. guy Chris okay. that I talked okay, to. That's right. What it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, they 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 made some sense, and it's. But man, guys, <laughs> I already made a comment to you on how much Gara went up this week, and to me, that's absolutely ludicrous. By the way, I want to give a shout out to all the people who reached out to me on social media and emailed me because I know last week we were talking about it's like we have no clue where to find what their what their you know what their history of their values were, and they're able to tell us. So I, I really, again, guys, props to you, and I greatly appreciated that uh, uh, you were able to. To let us know, and uh, th- you guys found out where it was located, right? You, you go, you go to the, pr- you click on a person's profile, and you go to their history, and you can actually see the, what what how much they're worth. Mm. So, uh, let me head up to my upcoming here. Um, click on a person. Yeah, let me go. Let me go. Then ahead. go to their history. Yeah, hold on a second. So, uh, so oh, it, it, game log. Yeah, yeah game, game log game and log, then salary, and then it shows wow, the salary. Wow, that's there. striking, fam. And. As I mentioned to you guys, now Fabian Guerra is the most expensive player on DraftKings Arena. That's yes. got to be the biggest rise so far, right? $3,600, I think he went up. Yeah. Which is yeah. nuts to know that he is above uh, Arvell. Arvell Nelson. Well, it's definitely apparent that they're going on a week-by-week basis in, in terms of assigning value to players, oh, this sure. isn't like it's not a season long type uh, no, no. value, but, but that, not at all. It's, it's usually how it works, too, though. But I mean, but Gara, man, you, you have to spend $16,500 just to get him as your captain. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That, like, is that worth it? I don't know. Like, it's just, not. No, needless, it's no way. Needless to say, Gara was never even a thought in me putting him into my roster this week. Yeah. So. I, I it's tough because the prices really did go up, you know, for I'm trying to do a quick count here. Um, 11 players are over 10 grand. If you want to put them in as your as your captain, that's crazy. And their names, obviously they are names. So you have to get a, a little bit tricky and how you got uh, and, and sneaky and how you're going to do your lineup. So um, you have to be a little sneaky boy. You, you got to be sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, you got to be. Um, so I'm going to ask you and we'll go by our captains first guys. And then we'll, we'll say who our rosters are. Um, but, uh, Ben, who did you put as your captain this week? I, well, I was a little sneaky boy this week and I think I'm going to get punished, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I think that with Fabian Guerra's, uh, performance last week, there may be an adjustment made by Washington. Okay. Uh, to cover him a little bit better with Revis out, I went with Jensen Stashak as my as my captain. Interesting. Okay, and he uh, Stashak was worth forty two hundred. If I miss that, that's pretty. That's not bad. That's yeah, not bad. it seemed like the value pick. If that strategy is even viable, we haven't really proven that yet. Whether you should have a lower value player as your captain? No, I know. Uh, John, who'd you go with? I went again with a lower value player as my captain in Quentin Sims, although they did they they did bump him up a little bit. And now to have him in the captain slot, it is eighty seven hundred. Okay, okay. 
Um, for myself, I again, same thing. I try to do something, and it's getting so hard. It's just find a, a person that, that will get you some points. You know, it's not like, you know, I think if you had Arvell Nelson as your quarterback and in your top spot, I think he got you 70 points uh, this past week. So it was worth the money. But I, I ended up going with, uh, with Kendrick Kings in the top spot. I am, I am paying uh, 99, just under $10,000 for him. So, I think that's a good a good call too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, who is the who is the rest of your uh, of your roster for this week? Well, I'm gonna try and stick with how we went a while ago, and I'm gonna go from the most expensive to the least. Uh, Arvell Nelson, okay, and Malachi Jones, okay. I'm gonna give Shane Boyd a shot. Interesting. He's I was looking. I was looking at his stats for the season and the points that he's producing and the value they have him at, and I think uh, it's it's worth the it's worth the option. Okay. Then Lamarck Brown and finally Reggie Gray. Smart. Smart. And I have nine hundred left over. Oh, Ben. Yeah, this was a tough week for remaining salaries for me too. I have Tommy Grady, Malachi Jones, Joe Hills, Dan Rodabaugh. And I'm still sticking with Grant Russell. I, he's my value quarterback every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's well worth it, though. Yeah, I think so. He's getting the points. It's just that, uh, you know, as as we we're looking at earlier, he basically had the same, uh, you know, uh, attempts and completions as as Grady did, did this week. It's just that it was the interceptions that killed him. So, uh, for me, I went with Arvell Nelson, Tommy Grady, Malachi Jones. Reggie Gray also, but then I went with Stoshek as my value player. Nice. Um, it was just tough. I mean, uh, it, it's not really, you're just trying to see whether you can get in these guys. You know, it, can you do a, it's, it's a coin that the guys over at Arena Kings have used, the double stacking, where basically you have a, your quarterback and their main receiver in your same lineup. But obviously for us, we're just going with what our league is. And you have to try many different things. You have to try many different things. So it's it's tough. I mean, Guerrero's looking worth 11 grand. That's crazy. That's just absolutely nuts. So, um, again, if you want to join our league, uh, just shoot me an email over at timbuckapper at arenafen.com and we'll give you, the, uh, we'll give you the, the invite. And you can join us, even though we're, we're at five, five weeks in. But, uh, um, Ben, you're not going to be here next week. So uh, I don't... If you can try to get us your picks, it'll be greatly appreciated. But if not, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll just we'll go from there. Okay. You'll just ignore my ignore my entire presence. Pretend I died. Wow, that's that's morbid. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh my lord. Ah, last dark. week, last week assassinations. <laughs> this week. I know. I thought the assassinations thing was good material, and I, I still I still stand by the fact that I wish one of us was assassinated. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, by the way, before we get to the game this week, we still got to give a huge shout out to Phenom Elite. The, the, I, we I finally got the merch, and Ben got the merch this week. It oh, was yeah. sweet. We got to give a shout out to Phenom and to and to the guys over there. So it's it's yeah, it, it, it's it it stuff's gorgeous, man. Stuff's absolutely gorgeous. So. I will be getting. I will be getting some more stuff. Needless to say, so Nathan, don't you worry. You get my money. So, <laughs> um, same thing. We got we got some feedback from Joe. Joe, he. I don't know, John, if you knew this, but Joe received his, and we know that's. Uh, uh, we know that uh, Ryan received his stuff, and they both loved it too. So it's uh, top notch stuff. Top notch stuff. Great. 
Uh, heading into week five, um, God, we've got one more week until we start doing our, our, our mid-season uh, awards here, guys. Um, all games are Saturday and going forward, and we actually have our first Sunday game. Uh, the early game on Saturday, guys, is the Washington Valor at the Columbus Destroyers. I think one of the huge things we need to think about here is how will an afternoon game affect the crowd? Will it be better? Depending on, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like in Columbus, but, um, I think so far these 3.30 games have, have fared quite well in the cities that, that they've been played in so far. Games will be broadcast on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia and in Columbus on the CW, and also all games will be on ESPN3. Um, guys, what's your, what's your, what's your thought? Because I know, John, you kind of sort of mentioned this uh, a little bit ago about uh, what, they're, what they need to do, but uh, uh, is, is it, I guess the question is, will Columbus get win number one? That's hard to say because these teams obviously have never met before and neither have these head coaches uh, in in their history as far as I know. You are correct. And statistically, as far as rankings go, the Valor outweigh the Destroyers in most categories. I'm actually on our site right now looking at the the game preview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we've got uh, Valor outweighing Columbus for offensive yards, passing yards at 280 to 218. Rushing yards are higher, total yards per game higher. Passing yards allowed per game, actually the Valor are allowing a little bit more. So can Columbus air it out and hurt the defensive backs? We'll see. I, I, I love the end of the, John. That was perfect ending. Yeah, <laughs> but can Columbus air it out? Uh, it's going to be tough, guys. I mean, I I really think that in order for I mean DC, maybe they'll be able to use the uh, the film from what Philadelphia was able to do to able to you know go back and forth. But I don't know if they really have a team, especially a quarterback, which would able to keep them to go uh, you know head to head with what Washington can do. Uh, I mean, I, I guess. We've seen where Washington has been able to, whether they they have thrown that many touchdowns, but they're able to do it on the ground. So it's a double threat. So I don't, I, Columbus would have to play the perfect game in order to get this win, in my opinion. I, I don't see, unfortunately, Columbus winning, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna drop to zero and five. Ben. Yeah, logically, it's it's basically impossible to pick Columbus. I mean, if, if you're just going based on numbers and and how both teams have been playing, so. I don't know what more there is to say, really, other than it just looks like on paper, like Columbus can't really win this game necessarily. I mean, they can, of course. Um, but I've been saying over and over again, Columbus does have fire. I don't know whether Sock just needs to pull it together. And, and, and if Russell finally develops uh, into a less mistake-prone quarterback then then maybe they have a chance but other if if that doesn't happen they can't win they 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 just need more consistency from the quarterback position um uh, washington is favored on massey by seven and a half points obviously as we've seen now uh the main uh, betting lines do not come out i think it's late thursday early friday uh once we do get the uh the information from DraftKings that, uh, or from uh, Five Times, uh, we will make sure that we uh, that we uh, send it out to you guys on 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 Twitter. Um, the uh, second uh, the, the late game on Saturday uh, will be Albany versus the Atlantic City Blackjacks. Um, game will be on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus and locally uh, in Albany on my for Albany. Um, 
This is a game of two head coaches who know each other very, very well. Um, they've played each other, you know, six total times. Uh, what's funny is Coach Keith actually leads the all-time series between these two guys four to two. Um, Albany's coming in to uh, to become try to become five and zero, oh, um, and uh, Atlantic City's just trying to extend their 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 streak so far and, and stay undefeated at home. Ben. How do you see this? Uh, how do you see this game uh, measuring up? Uh, I, I I'm just loving Albany right now. I think there's there's nothing not to love about their trajectory, and I think funny when I sort of got back into shooting the league, I I didn't I, I sort of turned off the part of me that was like being a fan of any one team. Right. Um, I'm kind of a fan of Albany right now. <laughs> I got to admit, <laughs> like it's just really fun to see them performing this well. And I, I think they, while this is one of the most interesting matchups in the league besides Albany and Philly, um, I think they're just rolling right now. And, and I don't see how exactly Atlantic City will stop them. Uh, John? I'm with Ben. Uh, Albany is the clear favorite in this game, and they have turned into a, a powerhouse of a team this season. They definitely have some unfinished business, and it's... Uh, there's no doubt about that. I, I think that Atlantic City's really going to have to pull out all the stops and play the most complete, perfect game they have this season to get a win at home. I think what's very interesting is that, uh, you know, Albany is number two in the league in total offense. Would you believe, guys, Atlantic City is last in the league with, it, with just under uh, 200 yards per game? Oh, that's crazy. But Atlantic City also holds the, holds the best uh, total defense in the league uh, with Albany last. So <laughs> that that's that's interesting in itself. So um, I, I think you know what Atlantic City, the way that they showed uh, grit last week and winning versus Columbus, uh, sorry, excuse me, versus uh, Baltimore, um, uh, they had they have a a good chance to win. But it's again, I'm, I'm probably with you guys too. Is that I think just I think Albany uh, Albany is, is uh, they ha- they really are looking trying to get back to to a re, to and to playoffs and to be able to host the arena all but i i think this would be a close game um i i wouldn't be surprised if this is also another if this comes in down to another uh seven point victory for for albany uh massey has albany favored by six and a half points um i think it seems pretty pretty reasonable i'm, I'm, I'm still curious to know how what, what they're going to show up when the actual lines do come out the last game of the week is on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, it is at 3 p.m. It is the Philadelphia Soul traveling to the Baltimore Brigade. The game will be on Philadelphia, uh, uh, on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus, and it will be also be on NBC Sports Washington. Um, these two teams do have a history. Um, Soul lead the all-time series 7-5. to five. Um, it, It's just... Baltimore, they basically have split. They split their last uh, their last four games. Um, what's your what, what's your thought here, Ben, on uh, on this matchup? Well, first of all, I love the Sunday game. <laughs> I think it's uh, going to be uh, not well attended, but I like the the concept. Um, I think it's you know it harkens to the NFL days. Um, I think this is a great matchup, actually. Um, I, you know, I think once again, it completely depends on what version of Shane Boyd takes the field. Yeah. Um, I think Philly and Baltimore, as we've talked about for years, you know, they've met <laughs> as much as any other team in the last uh, three seasons, 
And so there's sort of a historic matchup at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like you said, the, the game was pretty close last time. It was very low scoring. Um, so we'll have to see if we get another uptick, given that both teams are, are back into gear. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, mo- a, and money being back for... Uh, for and money for, being back, for, for, yeah, for that's going to help. I mean, and that helps that helps Philadelphia, and it helps Darius Prince uh, overall just relax the receiving core um, and Washa. I mean, well, here's the question though. Here's the question I want to ask yeah. you: Is that and somebody? Uh, I think all of us are talking about this in one thread on social media. Um, who's going? Who in the sole roster is going to hurt because uh, money is back? Mm. I think Washa. Maybe if they the way they use Prince. Um, is similar to the way Albany uses Malachi Jones. Okay. And the way they use Washa is basically how they use money, where, I mean, look, they alternate constantly who the motion constantly, man is. Constantly, as I said last Which week. is cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one I of like the toughest teams think, to pick, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they use Washa as sort of the streak threat. Um, Prince has very sharp uh, route running, and um, I think he's... Money and Wash are similar in that you know you will just heave the ball to them, yeah. and they can go up and get it. Prince can't necessarily do that due to his height, so I think Wash probably has more to lose uh, from Money returning. John, I think this game is going to be uh, very close in score. I'm looking at the historical matchups, and nine, eight or nine out of the twelve are all roughly just one score games, uh, whether that being Baltimore or Philadelphia winning. Right. Right. And with money back, I'm gonna give Philly an advantage in this game simply because of the history and Darius Reynolds being back in the game. Right. Uh, now it's hard to say how much he's going to be featured or if he's gonna even be in the starting lineup. And you know, we don't really know the full story yet. We'll have to look at a couple more days of practice reports before the weekend yeah it's really just his like presence either either way that that helps right. Philly. Mm-hmm. yeah that's true one quick stat too about this about this series guys is that uh uh not uh out of the 12 games the home team has won nine wow so uh but mind that's you just that mind you this is the second game this year that in a row that they played at baltimore the last game was back on on May third, where Philadelphia did win by uh, by eleven points, thirty six twenty seven. And uh, if I recall correctly, Baltimore does not travel to Philadelphia this year at all. No, they don't. Yeah, that was that hot. That yeah, was that, that hot piece of info that, that we. Yeah, had. so yeah. that's that's going to be a test of that stat yeah. that you just told us. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I think um, I I think Philadelphia is pissed. <laughs> I think I think they're really ticked off, especially what happened because I know there were some some interesting calls supposedly in in, uh, in the in the game, and uh, you know that defense is not going to get want to get burned as badly as they did last week, and they want to. I'm sure Coach Dozell will have them uh, will have them ready, but um, uh, but be, that being said, though, uh, I do too. Uh, I think, um, and it's going to go against the norm. What I just said with the stat, I think Philadelphia is going to pull this one out just slightly. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three point win by Philadelphia. So I buy it. 13th meeting in three seasons. I that know. is ridiculous. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. That makes no sense. I know. Yeah, they played a baseball figure. Yeah, they played five times. Yeah, they had a five game series. <laughs> <laughs> five game series in 2017. Yeah. Oh, man. And then a six game series. 
so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It'll be, uh, but uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm known Philadelphia to have the Sunday the Sunday afternoon games, not Baltimore. So it's right. I, th- I think it's a little strange, but uh, I maybe they'll of, turn out 10k. Well, Philly will have one in the future here. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah. I think almost every team seems to have an early game somewhat this year. Just it's either on a Saturday or a Sunday, except for that one off. Was it one off Washington game later on in the year? That's on a, on a Thursday night. It yeah. is, yeah, June for whatever whatever particular reason. What are we to make of just overall attendance numbers being down across the board? What are we to make of that? Um, see, I, I don't know because uh, if you think about, it, remember in the past the league did have a mandate on an X amount of, uh, of seats that they wanted to have in the arena, and and, and they've gone away from that. Um, you know. The most that they can get in Atlantic City would be ten. Um, obviously, Albany is uh, seems to be a constant around ten. Baltimore really just hasn't seemed to just rebound yet, and uh, DC I think is getting a little bit better. I think it's um, you know that to me obviously their very first game was a blip uh, with with how many people that they drew. But um, I, I, I hope this is not the norm, guys. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's weird to see figures this low just across the board. I mean, we're on pace to what it was in twenty, you know, with four teams in twenty twenty eighteen. But I, I would like, I'd like to see the year finish up anywhere between eight and nine. It would be nice, but it would also mean that Baltimore needs to. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I gotta call it call it where it is. Baltimore needs to draw more people. I think Columbus will, even though they are so far, uh, they haven't won. They're putting on a good show. Yeah. Um, this week will be a, a big test too. Um, you know, with uh, Atlantic, they only lost two thousand people, but. You know, it's a place that holds 10. It's not as bad. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, John. Yeah, I mean, I think this whole weekend is going to be a test for the attendance numbers with it being a holiday weekend. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, the three most cumbersome teams are hosting on a holiday weekend. I forgot about that. I think it it could be a plus over Atlantic City because if people are going to travel, maybe they'll want to go to Atlantic City. Possibly, Tim. Positive there. I mean, uh, Columbus. I hope Columbus increases by at least five, five percent or ten percent. Would be yeah. nice. You know, let's, let's get them closer to ten thousand. Uh, well, they had a great crowd. They did, and it was loud. It may have been that the reported seven thousand, but it was loud. Yeah, it was a quality crowd. Yeah, it was. Yeah, put on. I would put it on par with so far with what Philadelphia does and what Albany has, and uh, uh, close to. Close to what Atlantic City did, at least the first game. But they seemed to be loud last week too. So and they were very into the game, and they knew so, what they were watching. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, do not forget we are on social media, multiple places where you can find us. Uh, obviously, you can uh, head over to uh, our Twitter account and uh, our Facebook account and Instagram. Those are all slash at slash Arena Fan. And as I mentioned earlier, if you want to listen to any of the history, uh, at least for the last fifty shows of AFL tonight. Head over to our archives at those uh, places that I mentioned before. So, um, I can say, guys, that it has been one of the most entertaining four weeks uh, of my <laughs> arena football career. If we can call it. That's that. awesome to say. Um, that really is. I, yeah. I, I uh, spending time with you guys, obviously, and and see the and and bonding and and being just going and watching the games that we're watching. Um, it's fun. It really is fun because I, I've never done a three uh, a three games in four weeks type of thing ever that I can remember. Um, you know, just flying out to to Columbus to see it to see an inaugural game uh, for a team that hasn't been there in ten years. Um, 
you know, it, 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 I said, it, it makes me think of what we were talking about before, John. And it's, you guys, you guys are not only friends, you're, you're part of the, my arena football family. So it's, um, uh, I, I look forward to doing many more games, not yeah. only with you guys, but the, with the rest of the fans from across the league. So, uh, again, I appreciate you guys and I had fun this past week. Yes. Appreciate you too. There's no two guys I'd rather share a twin with. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to do it again. Uh, yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome. I'm glad that we are able to work together, and we've become such great friends and brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the bad boys of the AFL. Yeah. You know, that's who we are. Yeah. Next time, uh, it's a suite with three bedrooms. <laughs> so there we go for know. the arena ball. The, By the, the way, how 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 so, how glorious were th- and soft were those pillows? Oh my gosh! I I know I completely <laughs> forgot to check the tags because I wanted to buy them. <laughs> so disappointing. Ah. They were great, but it was fun though being right on the campus of of Ohio State University. That was cool in itself too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, right. Ohio the Ohio State. <laughs> the Ohio State. The Ohio State. John, uh, enjoy the game. I know you're going you're to be shooting the game in Atlantic City. Uh, ben, we will miss you next week, but uh, if, you know we know you will be away, but uh, uh, you'll be here in spirit, obviously. And for the rest of you fans, we'll be here. We'll be back here next week. So for everybody here at AFL tonight, for uh, Ben Vertinale, for the birthday boy John Stark, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. Yes.